There's a red moon rising. Welcome, everyone. On the time Real baseball the meets movie baseball. Rolling into, Rolling into fantasy baseball today. It's Monday, March 23rd. Oh, I love it. I just love it. What a song. I gotta be honest. Yeah? I don't know how this ties in. This is the opening theme of the movie Major League. Oh. They roll the opening credits and this song is playing. I got to tell you guys, I missed baseball so much. I, I think I said this, right? I had to watch Major League two weeks ago. I was like, I have to watch it. And this song comes on, and they're playing. The guys are like playing stickball in the middle of the street, and you're seeing Cleveland. And it's it is one of the best movies of all time. Not sports movies. One of the best movies of all time. I don't know one person who doesn't like Major League. Nobody's ever seen Major League and been like that movie stinks. Universally huh. liked. Hmm. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Absolutely. I haven't thought classic. about it that much. Yeah. Absolute classic, and that's I mean, the it's kind of a, song. It's kind of a ridiculous concept, right? I mean, if the owner wanted to move the team to Miami, there were much more straightforward ways to go about she it. She had to trigger an attendance clause. She had to make the team terrible to trigger an attendance clause. Right, but she could have just like raised ticket prices to an amount nobody could, would possibly pay. Ooh, that would have been a much different movie. That would have been, been a more boring movie. Economic movie, yeah. Well, anyway, what am I talking about? Today we're going to talk a little fantasy baseball for sure, mostly fantasy baseball, but we're also going to do the best fictional baseball players of all time. I came prepared with a list of seven, my favorite seven fictional players, uh, <laughs> and now I'm being told we're doing a draft that is going to last seven rounds, so I need at least 21 players in my queue to make sure I can feel the full team. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to do that later. Later this week, back tomorrow on Tuesday, Ellen Adair is coming back on, and she plays fictional characters. So mm-hmm. we're, we're going to get her favorite fictional players. Best guest we ever had. If you, didn't, if you weren't listening oh, yeah. in December, it was really good. It was. It was great. And actually, we've had guests on before, and people like them. Whatever. This one, with Ellen, we've never had more emails and tweets. Hey, bring Ellen back. So she's coming on to drop fantasy baseball knowledge on you. I'm I'm really just so disappointed that you didn't know that was the s- song for Major League, but that's okay. Let's start I, with I didn't the... either. I just think of you know the 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 Major League theme. Dun, 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 dun. That one. Oh yeah, you know? that's the the montage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's another uh, that's another great one. Everything. I honestly i I've seen that movie a lot. I love that movie. I, I don't remember the musical cues from that movie. I'm sorry. Watch it again. I may. You have to. All right, so who wants to read the bold prediction that I put in the notes? Um, I guess you're just kind of pawning off your job. I got it. Now. I got it. I found it. I'm having an issue <laughs> with my computer. It's from Tom Hausman. Bold prediction. Tommy LaStella is a top 100 player with a great contact rate, and he's leading off for the Angels. Top 100 player, Tommy LaStella. I mean... It's not outside the realm of possibility. My latest column up on CBSSports.com is uh, deep sleepers, late round targets for large leagues. It's 35 of them because I just kind of wanted all these players I never get a chance to talk about because they're too low end. I just kind of wanted to put it all out there. Tommy Listell is among them. And he's another guy who, you know, obviously the power production came out of nowhere, but... 
it's backed up by the data. It's not like it was lucky. I mean, the skills may not, the skills may have been the fluke, but he earned the production based on the skills. He's always had good on base abilities, always made contact at a high rate, is expected to bat lead off against, at least against righties to start the year, which would put him batting ahead of Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. Uh, it's it's certainly possible this season goes like he just picks up where he left off before breaking his leg last year and ends up being this must start player across fantasy. That That's definitely within the realm of possibility. And he's going outside the top 300. So it's an interesting one, uh, choice. One of the reasons why that injury last year was so disappointing is we just didn't get to see what the second half of his season would look like. It's the same thing. It's, it's a very similar thing with Corey Kluber just not coming back after that arm issue is just we saw a new level of play for Tommy Nostella and it's such a small sample size that yeah it looks legitimate within that small sample size but we need more time to know whether it's real if it is he's a huge value right now uh, but I have concerns that he's going to play every day and I have concerns that it just wasn't real he slugged 398 against lefties so will he play every day? Well, Letstella started out the season sitting, usually sitting against lefties, but he did start 15 of the last 18 games against left-handed starters. So they were gaining confidence in him as mm-hmm. an everyday player, or maybe there was an injury that I forgot about, but that that was the deal. No, I think I yeah. think that tends to happen as somebody as somebody keeps producing, he earns his way into the lineup more and more. But that's that's the reason why I have I don't rank him especially high myself like i i still rank him fairly low is because i'm not confident in the abats against lefties and if he's just a part-time player it's you know that's that's obviously going to keep him from having much mixed league value we had but another this is bold within prediction. the realm of possibility for sure, sure. we had yep. another bold prediction about kyle seager being good who would you rather take a late round flyer on tommy listella or kyle seager listella yeah it seems like the ceiling the potential ceiling there is higher and frankly, the potential floor is higher too because of how much contact he made. Eh, I won't. I wouldn't go that far because he might. He might just revert to being a zero on power again, Listella. But he has always made contact at a very high rate. Uh, one on the power front. One thing I found when I was researching this column was that he. It was a conscious change he made to tap into his power more. He went back to a stance he used in college, because once he got, kind of. Uh, put in like a pinch hitter role um, in the majors. He changed his approach to just kind of put the ball in play wherever. I don't know. So that's if, if you want, if you want narrative that backs up production, there it is. Four hitters going between 301st and 307th in ADP on fantasy pros, Tommy LaStella, Trent Grisham, Gregory Polanco, and Ian Happ. Who's your favorite? Three of those are among the 35 on that co- in that column. Uh, my favorite is probably Grisham because I'm most confident in the playing time for him. Uh, Chris, who's your favorite? Listella, Grisham, Polanco, or Hap? I like all of them. I think I like Hap most. I think he has the most upside. The The improvements we saw in his contact rate, both in AAA and in the majors last season, if he can be more of a 25% strikeout rate guy like he was in the majors, uh, I, you know, obviously I think there's 25 homer, 12 to 15 steal potential there. All right, fellas. Thank you for the bold prediction from Tom, and we'll move on. 
we have, in addition to awesome FBT content, we've got a lot of other podcasts that are going to keep you entertained for the time being. Go to cbssports.com slash podcasts and check out our full list of shows, combat sports, college basketball, uh, NFL. We've got the Pick 6 podcast, which is covering NFL fantasy football today, obviously. Oh, uh, man, we've got golf. Oh, Nothing Personal with David Sampson is awesome. So check it out, cbssports.com slash podcasts. News and notes, Aaron Judge had a collapsed lung and his rib fracture is improving. <laughs> How did that go un- unreported, the collapsed lung? No big deal. The the Yankees apparently can spend $200 million on player payroll, and they can't afford a single MRI or X-ray machine. It's it's a fascinating uh, usage of their available resources. But when you're a team like the Yankees, you got to you got to find efficient cost saving uh, somewhere. I mean, that would create some soreness in the pec area, right? A collapsed lung. I, I just I have a feeling that might be related. Yeah, I think the pec bone is connected to the lung bone. Yeah. One thing I don't like doing and what I, I can't stand what other people in the media or in the industry do is talk about things they don't know about and say like, oh, why did you do this? You have no idea. I'm going to do it, though. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> why are the Yankees just having Aaron Judge have surgery already? Like, it's, They should have done it like two weeks ago or whenever the season got suspended, whenever it became obvious that we're not having baseball for a long time. Just have the damn surgery because they're going yeah. to let this try to heal and it's not going to work. And then he's going to have surgery like a day into the season. It's ridiculous. They're going to screw it up again. You definitely see that happening. But I don't think you have a rib removed on a whim, Adam. It's not a whim. He has a fractured rib. Get rid of it. Marilyn Manson did. (laughs) All right. Toronto President Mark Shapiro said that teams would need a a a four-week ramp-up period. So, Yeah, I mean, I think... I'm trying to remember 95. I think they only did like two weeks in 95, but team teams and players were sort of already or yeah. 94. No, 95. 95. 95. Yeah. It, it 95 was a different was circumstance. They were allowed to go outside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the number I keep hearing is three weeks. This is the first time I've heard four. So I, I don't know. Well, maybe just in Toronto, maybe just Canadian teams need four weeks. <laughs> the, the exchange rate. <laughs> right. <laughs> And Marcus Stroman is putting together on Twitter a dream team for Team USA. He's like enlisting people for the World Baseball Classic. And he was on the gold, or did they win a medal there? I don't know. The, I think they went silver. I think they No, they won. No, his. Did they? they won. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. And he I was remember great. that crazy, that great Adam Jones catch. Oh, yeah. Against, they, I think, the Dominican Republic. That was that was super exciting. Yeah, the U.S. is the defending champions of Ooh. the World Baseball Classic, yes. And Stroman was good, but I'm just thinking, like, when does somebody tell Marcus Stroman that he's not on the, the team, <laughs> that he's not, like, part of the dream team? What a brilliant move to be, like, <laughs> the 50th best American pitcher and to be like, hey, guys, who wants to be on the team? Like I mean, he might not be on the dream team, but he might be on the actual team. Not if, because, look, not maybe, if we're it's like a, maybe it's like a little league or a little big league situation to keep with the theme from the podcast. Maybe he's uh, you're know, going to be the manager. Oh, <laughs> also, it's, and the um, owner. Marcus Stroman is better than the 50th best American pitcher. Yeah, come on. Yes, he's about the 50th best pitcher, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So 25th best. Well, are we are we mixing relievers and starters when we I say this? I was doing starters, starters only. Yeah. 
Okay. They're only going to have like five starters on the team or something like that. Okay, that's your news and notes. We're going to have a player debate. Make it quick because all I want to do is talk about movies. No, <laughs> have fun with it. Uh, Luke Voigt versus Yuli Gurriel. And knowing Chris, I'm guessing he's all about Luke Voigt here, which means Scott must have Yuli Gurriel ranked higher. So, Scott, you can start it off. Yuli Gurriel over Lucas Voigt. Well, I mean, let's just start by looking at what happened last year. Yuli Gurriel was a stud last year, right? And it's it's one of those situations where, you know, the, the fantasy playing community as a whole, they're looking at the numbers and saying he's not going to be able to do that again. And while I, I, I'm usually taking the opposite stance there, it's one where I happen to agree with them. Of the 31 home runs Yuli Gurriel hit, uh, like half of them came in July and August, I think. But comparing him to Luke Voigt, who has questions about playing time, he has questions about whether he's even going to be a, a viable hitter after the way he finished last season, which, yes, it was probably related to what he was dealing with with the sports hernia and all the health situations happening down low. But... I still, like, in terms of floor, Yuli Gurriel has a very high floor. He's going to hit for average and drive in a lot of runs, batting in one of the deepest lineups in baseball. He's going to play every day. And then there's always a chance that what he did last season was at least halfway legitimate, and he hits 25-plus home runs again. There's always that chance. So it's... Like there's a lot more questions about Voight, and I'm not sure the disparity and upside justifies it. I sort of strongly disagree that there are more questions about Luke Voigt. Like Yuli Gurriel has hit at a level that fantasy players would consider must start for basically two months in four years. And it was like what, last July and August. Yeah. He didn't sustain it in September. You know, there, there's a high floor, but that high floor is a guy who routinely was being drafted past 200. He has okay. two good months out of six last season. They were really, really good months, but otherwise he hit like Yuli Gurriel. And that floor was 2018. He hit 13 homers. He drove in 85 runs. That's good. But he was basically a batting average RBI guy with very little else. Luke Voigt. I mean, he's played 157 games with the Yankees, and he's hitting 280, 384, 517 with 35 homers, 95 RBI, 100 runs. Just that is good enough. But if you take out the 24 games last season after coming back from the hernia injury from his initial IL stint, he's hitting 298 with a 400 on base and a 547 slugging since joining the Yankees with a 36 homer, 100 RBI, 100 run pace. I think there's a lot more evidence that Luke Voigt is a really, really good hitter than there is for Yuli Gurriel. Yuli Gurriel, I think he kind of is what he is, and the fact that he didn't sustain uh, that two-month power surge last season sort of suggests that that's probably the case, that he just had a couple of really good months. Hey, Scott, if you weren't concerned about Voigt's playing time, would you, would you save Voigt over Gurriel? Yes. Okay. I mean, that's the biggest factor is the Yankees have 
way too many bats at the corner spots. And we don't know how that's going to shake out. Luke Voigt obviously was not doing much good for them last we saw of him. And he's 29 years old. What kind of future is there, really? Uh, that's, I mean, that's huge. I mean, Yuli Gurriel is a fixture in the Astros lineup. Luke Voigt, if he was too, yeah, I think the power ceiling, obviously higher. I think that Voigt, it's, I think it's his job to lose. I think he starts think the so year too. as the everyday first baseman. And because it seemed like they had moved Andujar off of first base. Yeah, so, although their outfielders are probably going to be healthy again. So that'll create more true. of an urgency to find, more of a f- need to find Andujar a spot to play, and it can't just be left field. It is worth noting, Yuli Gurriel's 35. Oh, I know. And I know, the... but he's already established is what I'm saying. Voight, Voight isn't. <sighs> Yeah, sort of. I, like he's for, he's a for pretty the best average run player in Astros for the... history. Yuli Gurriel has been an everyday the everyday first baseman throughout three straight years. Like he's not losing his job. Maybe I, he hasn't quite been an everyday player. I can't remember if he's dealt with injuries, but you know, last year I think he played 144 games, and that's a career high. So I right. think you also have to take that into account. No, he's he's been the everyday first baseman. Yeah, I just. For almost his entire career, he's just been a guy for most of the time that we've seen Luke Voigt. Like, we've seen more of Luke Voigt being really good than we have of Yuli Gurriel. Even though Yuli Gurriel has a longer track record overall, most of that track record is just kind of present. Like, he helps you in batting average, and that's about it. His last, yeah, well, RBI, he had 85 RBI last year. He hit, or I'm sorry, 2018, he had 104 last year. Um. And the lowest yeah, batting know. average he's had the past three years is 291. Like, yeah, he's going gonna... to be a useful player in either format, probably, because he strikes out so little that he ends up being a decent option in points leagues as well. And obviously, Roto League's lineups are so big. But yeah. we've never talked about him as a must-start guy before last no, year. No, no. No, we didn't. And I True. think that if you play his... Gurriel's worst format would be a 5x5 five five batting average league. Or on-base on on percentage league. OVP league. Because... Voight could crush him in OBP. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he doesn't he that much. Yeah. Okay, you guys ready to talk uh, fictional players here? I'm so ready. I I put in a lot of work on this one. Yes, you have. And I stupidly sent you guys. Yeah, thank you. Reports. I should have just held it in reserve, but I wanted to make sure you guys were prepared. Thank you for well. that. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris said that put the most effort into this. I'm fairly positive of that. 20 people. He said us 20 fictional players with their statistics, like a little yeah. resume. I, I don't know how he found statistics. Scott, this one uh, you were looking for? This is it. So good. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> What's this <laughs> one from? Is this the, is this the montage yeah. from Major League? Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right, they're peeling sections as we speak. Okay, so who has the first pick? We snake draft in this? Yeah, but we, I mean, how, how are we going to figure out who has the first pick? Alphabetical order. <laughs> All Come right, on. go ahead, Adam. All right, no, I'll take no, the first ahead. pick. No, it's fine. Adam goes last. first. Uh, are we snaking? Yeah, snaking. Snaking. Okay. Steve Nebraska from the Scout. Oh come on! No, that you know I had that before you sent your stupid your stupid email. I was talking about Steve Nebraska last week. You didn't even know what I was talking about. You'd never even seen the movie. No, of course I haven't seen it. How many Brendan Fraser movies does one need to see in their life? <laughs> it's really an Albert Brooks movie. Uh, he, it's, he threw an eighty-one pitch, 
27 strikeout perfect game in the World Series. And Chris put that in his little scouting report. You didn't mention that he hit a home run. He hit, <laughs> he batted, he pitched for the Yankees. He batted in an American League park. They used him <laughs> in the order. He hit a home run. They won the game on his home run. And he, every pitch he threw was a strike. Every pitch. And it was the greatest game ever played. Well, I, how could it not be? 81 pitches means he struck out every hitter on three strikes. On three pitches. Yep. Every pitch. Uh, he's just <laughs> tremendous. Stupid. <laughs> it oh, is so stupid. believability. And he hit Eddie way, Holbert. The way this is working is we're going to do five position players and two pitchers. So you already picked two of your pitch, one of your two pitchers, Adam. Okay. Oh. Uh, Steve Nebraska is off the board. Chris, Oof. you are next. It's got to be my guy, Stan, Mr. 3000 Ross. You've got really impressive career totals, 2,999 hits, uh, career 460 on base percentage, third all-time in walks with 2,070. Uh, I got to pull up his baseball card because there's some real, I think it's the 1985 season for the Milwaukee Brewers. Just had some really impressive stats, was a power speed guy. A little bit of a Ricky Henderson, (laughs) not quite as many steals. But a legitimate five-category stud. Okay. So that's from the movie Mr. 3000? Mr. 3000, yes. Okay, Stan, uh, Mr. 3000, Ross. Scott, you're let, on the let clock. Me, let me hit you with uh, his 1985 <laughs> oh, season to, to show the upside. Go ahead. 336 batting average, 129 runs scored, 17 homers, 123 RBI, 29 stolen bases. Just an absolute five-category stud. Stan Ross. Really impressed, mm-hmm. man. Clearly, you didn't rank the players on this list. You said no. I, I'm going off list with my first pick here. I'm going with meme sensation, Pablo Sanchez. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Backyard baseball. I'm not familiar with that. His batting meter is all the way full. His running meter is all the way full. His pitching meter is halfway full. So what you're in this? the pinch there. I need you to know, explain. He's not going to let you down there. Unassuming. With this yellow backwards cap, this derpy smile on his face, <laughs> but Pablo Sanchez is the secret weapon, and in fact, that's his ne- nickname, the secret weapon. He is my first. What pick. is backyard baseball? Uh, a game after our time, Adam. A but game? I pay attention on the internet. We're allowed to use video games here. It's fictional oh, yeah. characters. Wow. Why not? Okay. okay. Why not? What about all the guy? You ever play Baseball Simulator One Thousand on Nintendo? <laughs> but all the characters I invented on that game. I did not spend enough time to uh, scour the video game environment, but I, my second pick is also from video games here. If we're snaking back, yep. my second pick is John Dowd. You know uh, John that's, Dowd? Yes, that's a very good one. No, I, don't, I know Dowd he, he wrote the Dowd report. MVP <laughs> Baseball 2005, widely considered to be the best baseball video game ever. John Dowd was the best player in it, played left field for the San Francisco Giants, and was a monster. This is so interesting. A little bit of a cheap <laughs> He doesn't exist. Point where John Dowd exists. Point him out to me. No, I, I get it. John Dowd okay. was really good. He was uh, the Barry Bonds stand-in, because Barry Bonds wasn't a part of uh, uh, <laughs> the Major League Baseball Players Association. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Good job, Scott. That is cheap, but it's brilliant. All right, Chris, you're up. <laughs> so to go I've with Stan, Mr. Three Thousand Ross. 
I, I do have to ask for a clarification. If a real baseball player appears in a fake fictional baseball movie, no. are they eligible? No, no. I'd have to what say no. What if no. Barry Bonds appears <laughs> in Rookie of the Year? He, he does. He's striking out. No, he, does, can... he does have a 100% strikeout rate in this fictional universe, but no. No. the no. thing that makes it fictional he is still on the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1993. Uh-huh. Absolutely He was not, not there in real no. life. This is no. a no. Stop, stop making your stupid case. Big league, but we are not counting. No, that. he didn't hit not. the home run. He, he robbed Lou of the home run. Oh, he hit a home run in it, too. Oh, he did? Because he does right. that wink in it, right? Isn't that that, that uh, gif yes. of King Griffey Jr. winking? Isn't that from Little Big League when he's rounded the bases? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But he also, I think he robbed Lou of the home run that would have won the game. All right, Chris, what's your real answer? Because that other one was stupid. Clue Haywood. Damn it. Uh, slugger for the, I believe, New York Yankees. Oh, you believe? Uh, believe yeah. DH uh, in no, 1989. No, he was the first Major baseman. League. You don't even, uh, you don't first, get, okay, like, that's, that's not fair. That's my pick, and you don't even know well, who he I, is. He won the 1989 AL Triple Crown, hit 341, 48 homers, 121 RBI. That's just a monster season, especially in the pre-steroid era. Leads the league in most offensive categories, including nose hair. Uh, just an obvious pick to, uh, you know, now I've got two legitimate studs anchoring my lineup. So I'm in pretty good shape. Yes. When this guy sneezes, it looks like a party favor. That's the line. <laughs> All right. I'm up for two. I had to take Clue Haywood out of my queue because Chris stole him. And uh, I'm going with Roy Hobbs from The Natural. Sure. And here's one that wasn't on Chris's list. Shameful. Shameful. Dottie Hinson from A League of Their Own. Sure. I, very like, I very would much say, like look, if you're, going, if you're going with League of Their Own, uh, oh, I can't remember her name. The one who, who leaves it. in the middle of the season. Oh, Marla Hooch? Yeah. No, who, Dottie was that? better. Dottie was better. She, Okay, Marla Hooch was the best hitter. Hey, you know what? Team. I'm gonna put Marla Hooch in my queue because I need more. <laughs> I need more people here. All right, so I have uh, Steve Nebraska, Roy Hobbs, and Dottie Hinson. Chris has Mister Three Thousand and Clue Haywood, and who else? Uh, easy call here. The top player left on the board, Bugs Bunny, from <laughs> Baseball Bugs. Uh, played all nine positions at the same time and struck out the side with a single pitch. Uh, 80 grade changeup. <laughs> Thanks for letting me get the best fictional pitcher. Okay, that's your pitcher, Bugs Bunny. Good call. In fact, we got an email from uh, from Nick in Chicago. Greatest fictional pitcher of all time, Bugs Bunny. Dude's pitches could defy gravity. All right, Scott. Yeah, didn't he strike out? Did you mention this, Chris? Yeah. Like he getting all three strikes on the same pitch? On the same pitch? Yeah. Made a hitter look so foolish. That he swung, spun around, and dug a hole into the ground. Oh, yeah. Turned into a drill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Scott, yeah. two picks for you. You have Pablo Sanchez of Backyard Baseball and John Dowd, who is really Barry Bonds of MVP Baseball 2005. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 want, I want the high-end starting pitchers, right? And this guy, last we saw of him, he had a resurgent season after spending some time on the IF. No, kinda, you're taking my guy. back like Charlie Morton. I'm going with Mel Clark from Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> oh, you're not taking the, my guy. 
the ace of their staff. And he, like, you know, I talk about how innings is, like, the thing people don't look at enough today. It's it's kind of doesn't get enough attention how deep pitchers pitch into games and how much it can add to their value. Well, they let Mel Clark throw 156 pitches in that so, game. So he's going to pile up innings. I just do have to say, he died shortly after. That is canonical. Supposedly. That is... He joined the Angels very shortly after that season. So not a lot of longevity there. Well, okay, that's fine. It's, look, that's... Scott's favorite line in movie history is, you used to be Mel Clark, so you knew he was going to take Mel <laughs> yeah, Clark. Yeah, kid, used on. to be. Exactly. <laughs> All right, what's your second pick of the, uh, what's your second pick of the turn Danza, here? by the way. Um, yeah, so my second pick... Um, Man, I am going to go. You know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my aces right here. I'm gonna take my two pitchers right here. I'm gonna go with Wild Thing Vaughn, Rick oh, Vaughn okay. from Major League. You know, Chris actually provided a stat line for him. This is def this is definitely ace production, especially by 1991 standards. So apparently, John Sickles did he estimate this, Chris? I believe so. That's where I found it. I found it on minor league base minorleagueball.com. Rick Wild Thing Vaughn, 20 and 8 with a 320 ERA, 119 whip, and 198 strikeouts in 225 innings. Like, I know that's less than a strikeout per inning, and by today's standards, that's not an ace, but anybody striking out 200 guys back then, yeah, that's a big deal. A couple things, though. Pretty sure that movie was in 1987, not 91. That's number one. Number two. No, it's 1989. 1989, okay. Number two, uh, they had a one game playoff with the Yankees, and. The skipper, Lou Brown, didn't even go with Wild Thing Vaughn. Yeah, that's... Went with Eddie Harris. He brought Vaughn in in relief. So you can have him, but just say it. He made the wrong decision, right? (laughs) He won the game. Harris pitched a great game. Well, come on. The Cubs (laughs) also won when Joe Madden took Kyle Hendricks out in the fourth or whatever. (laughs) Okay, so Scott has Pablo Sanchez of Backyard Baseball. John Dowd of MVP Baseball 2005, Mel Clark from Angels in the Outfield, and Rick Wild Thing Vaughn from Major League. Chris is on the clock. He got his his ace with Bugs Bunny last time up. He also has Stan, Mr. 3000 Ross, and Clue Haywood from Major League anchoring the lineup. Who do you got, Chris? Who's your next pick? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go. There's no limit on how many Major League players we can choose, so I'm going to pick Jack Parkman from Major League 2. I uh, don't know exactly... Uh, what the stats were, but he did hit 42 homers, one of the Cleveland Indians fans' notes mm. the previous season. And that was in the 1980s, playing at the Oakland College. I don't think so. I think that was the and 90s. he was a catcher. He was in Oakland A. That was the 90s. Whatever. Yeah. Late, no, it would have Jack been 1989 Parkman. was the season that he came to them from. He hit 42 homers in 1989. Oh, all right, fine. Oh, it's a hell of a year. Must, I like him, but he's a lineup. He's Mark a club McGuire, Jose Canseco, Jack Parkman. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what he what was a using. Lineup. Uh, he's a clubhouse cancer, though, Chris. Look, what are you going to do yeah, with your chemistry look, now? Not a not a great guy to have in your clubhouse. But if I can get a Mike Piazza level hitter at catcher, I'm going to do it. 42 homers. I, I'm pretty sure that's the record all time for a catcher in a single season. That's uh, Why did so, they carry three catchers if one of them was that good? Well, they it wasn't. Uh, well, they they traded him. They, they traded, traded him, Parkman right? later. Yeah, they traded yeah. him and then they won. 
Like because they they got better when they traded him. So Chris just took Terrell mm. Owens, basically. <laughs> like this is fantasy. This is fantasy baseball. I I don't care about the clubhouse. Oh, apparently not. I was I was gonna go for a defensive guy later. I might have to rethink this. Oh, come on! This is a fantasy podcast. Okay. All, All right. right, I'm on the I'll clock for, for two picks here. I've got Steve Nebraska from the Scout. I've got Roy Hobbs and Dottie Hinson. I'm gonna get my second pitcher here before someone else takes him. And since uh, people say I look like him, I'm taking Henry Rowan Gartner. Oh, a closer! Oh yeah, Henry Rowan Gartner. Uh, a, a you know a lights out closer. Good enough to be rookie of the year, right? Now I don't. I'm a little worried about his arm. They never arm. showed him winning the award. It's, it's true, but I'm a little worried because, like, is he just gonna throw floaters from now on? Because that's not gonna work. <laughs> I need. I need. Uh, I, assume, uh, I assume we're doing prime, right? Like the at at their at their their peak in in their fictional universe. Yes. All right. So I Henry Rowan so. Gardner for me, and then I need a second pick. Short peak. I mean, four foot eleven pitchers. <laughs> Honestly, like throw I, think, I think Chris is onto something. I'm gonna take Marla Hooch. I need some power. Okay. I need some power. Marla mm-hmm. Hooch. Ro- well, I, I don't want to give names away. There's there's a couple big power bats left okay. on Chris's list. <laughs> so uh Chris is up. He just took Jack Parkman. Who else from Major League are you taking? Are you taking someone from back in the minors? No, no, I'm not going to pick any minor league players. They're too hard to project. You know, you, you never know. Like, you know, someone's going to come along and try to take Nuke Lelouch, but you just don't know how he's going to make the transition <laughs> to the majors. So I'm sticking clear of that. I want proven superstar production. And I'm getting that from Snoopy. He <laughs> came so close to breaking Babe Ruth's home run record just before Hank Aaron did. But Charlie Brown was picked off at second for the final out of the season. Of course, that Charlie Brown, I sure do hate him. But Snoopy, just an all-around stud, great clubhouse presence. Got a lot of birds that hang out with him. You know, that makes him good. Uh, And yeah, 714 career home runs, absolutely nothing to sneeze at. So Snoopy, uh, another just huge power bat for me. And what movie is he from? He's from Peanuts. Oh, okay. Cool. Not a movie. Doesn't have to be in a movie. I know, He's I know. a fictional I'm, I'm character. I'm, Come I'm on. Okay, Come Snoopy. On. Snoopy and Bugs Bunny. Okay. Scott, you have two picks. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. My two picks here. Um, I am going to go with uh, an all-timer. Mighty Casey from Casey at the Bat. That is a big bat. I mean, I understand our only evidence uh yeah. anecdotally is the strikeout he strikes out in the big game i understand he may not be clutch not but clutch. you can tell just by the way <laughs> they build up this moment just the way they talk about him there's a, a reverence for this guy he must have put up some massive numbers and is the face of the game at this point so i want that guy on my team he, he's not my top hitter here he, he just he, he doesn't need to be the guy but i need another middle of, or- of the order bat i'm going with mighty casey from Casey at the bat. And all right, this one, I, I want to go ahead and talk about him because uh, I'm not exactly sure what his upside is offensively, but whoever Matthew McConaughey plays in Angels <laughs> of the Outfield, I actually just Googled it. His name is Ben Williams. That's, that's who Matthew McConaughey played. And he makes a catch in center field where he... He soars so far. It's it's as if 
angels were carrying him part of the way. I mean, this is if he's been lofted by wings, really. True, true. <laughs> this catch makes Jim Edmonds look like a peasant. That's a guy who I think can be a difference maker for me. And, and even though I don't really know how he profiles as a hitter, he has the good face. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's he has a good scouting report there with the good face. So I'm going that... with Ben Williams from Angels in the Outfield. Didn't Matthew McConaughey play college football at the University of Texas? Am I making that up? Ah, so, I have no idea. Good athlete. Yes. It would have to be to make that catch. That movie, Angels in the Outfield, by the way, one of the most stacked, randomly stacked casts of all time. It really is. <laughs> like two Academy Award winners for Best Actor. In the uh, in the lineup, Adrian Brody and Matthew McConaughey. Adrian you got yeah, Adrian Brody's in that. Oh, yeah. Matthew McConaughey Lloyd. won an Oscar for Best Actor. Yeah, for, for uh, Dallas Buyers. Failure Club. to launch. Oh, for Dallas. Did Buyers you miss Club? the Did you miss the McConaissance? <laughs> I never saw that. <laughs> Danny movie. Glover, of course, and uh, and the kid who's not a kid. Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Yeah, and another Tony Danza movie. Okay, Tony Danza. All right, yeah. Scott. So you have two players from Angels in the Outfield. You have Mel Clark and Ben team. Williams. I'm, you are so you are so excited about Ben Williams. You had to Google his name, so that's good. <laughs> Chris has two cartoon players and two players from Major League and Stan, Mister Three Thousand Ross. Uh, who's your sixth player, Chris? I'm I'm just doing some last minute research because I do want to. Uh, you know, I, I was Sam alone a good player. Yeah, he was good. He was a reliever, yeah, though. He was he a was, reliever. Was a, I don't want to. I don't want Mayday. Alone. Alone. <laughs> no. I'm not. I'm not picking a making a six no. round pick. My a reliever. Um, so I'm going to go you do need with. A pitcher. I do need a pitcher still, but I think I'm going to go with Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Oh, he was he was you know, a, my we, cue. We don't exactly. I, I look. I need some speed first of all. Uh, you know, Stan Ross, my only stolen base guy right now. So. You know, Benny the Jet Rodriguez made it to the majors, obviously was a five-tool talent, and must have been in his late 30s. We witnessed him steal home. The kid's nickname was the Jet. We see him outrun the Beast for <laughs> several miles. Do you know how fast dogs run? So, clearly, Benny the Jet Rodriguez... Actually, no, I'm changing it. Sorry. No! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm changing it. Out of it. I'm going back to it. I... <laughs> I need speed. There's an obvious pick on the board, and I forgot. You cannot. You, you, no, Hayes. you've reached your major league quota. <laughs> you Willie didn't Mays even know Hayes. the damn song at the beginning of the uh, movie. Willie Mays Hayes. He said he was going to steal 100 bases. He bought 100 gloves. I did some research. I looked at the, the image where he's nailing them on the wall. There's only 62, <laughs> but that's still pretty that's good. That's 31 steals. That's a lot of stolen bases. So Willie made his haze. Wait, did, yeah. did he buy a glove for every base, or was it two gloves? Yeah, it was one glove for every base. Well, right? I well, bought well, about a The problem, Chris, yeah. is when Omar Epps starts playing him, he tries He tries to sell out for power. I we're, assume we're you going, don't want that, Willie we're Mays going, Hayes. We're going with the classic uh, Billy Hamilton profile, Willie Mays Hayes. Hit All right. like Mays, run like Hayes. Yeah. So <laughs> I was going to take Willie Mays Hayes to get my steals. But I guess you know there's kind of hates giving me mine. I I know he, there, he can run. There's can a tell. there are better options here. Great hitters that Chris gave us in a list, and somebody came through with an email. But I'm I can't like I don't feel like it would be fair for me to use them since I didn't think of them myself. So I'll take Benny the Jet Rodriguez from the Sandlot. 
And my last pick will be, uh, oh, Kelly Leak from Bad News Bears. The guy played like every outfield yeah. position. He was by far yeah. their best player. Kelly Leak. Was that was that the kid who seemed like older than the others? Yeah, he smoked cigarettes yeah, on was, the field. Uh, he was well, the one who smoked yeah. and drove a, a motorbike. Okay. So yeah. my team is complete. I'll recap it in a bit. But Chris, you're... <laughs> I was watching Angels in the Outfield, sorry. Oh, well, the original Bad News Bears is so When good. I was a kid. Chris, so I do need pick, a pitcher, a pitcher mm-hmm. to fill out my uh, my lineup, and I'm I'm gonna go with Eddie Harris from Major League. No, not Eddie <laughs> Harris. No, I'm gonna go with Billy Chapel for love of the game. Uh, threw a perfect game in his final start, which is just an incredible achievement. But also had a 19 year Major League career. We don't know exactly whether he was a Hall of Famer, but clearly you hung around long enough to be a starting pitcher in year 19. That's pretty good. You know, maybe he's not Justin Verlander, but I'm going to guess the peak was pretty good. Maybe a Burt Blylevin-esque peak. <laughs> mm, that's all. I'd get him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Scott, your, <laughs> your last pick? All right. My last pick is the most obscure one, which is why I saved it for the end. I, I don't have a catcher yet. I want, I want youth. I want upside. I am going with Robbie Belmont from the Gary Carter's Iron Mask series, who I, I think was supposed to be a stand-in for Gary Carter, who, of course, ended up being a Hall of Fame caliber catcher himself. But I, by all accounts, through the six-book six, uh, series, Belmont could rake. His, his problem was he kept trying to pitch, like he really wanted to be a pitcher. And, you know, that, that obviously wasn't his calling. He kept getting hurt and... Yeah, it was his own worst enemy in that regard. But when Robbie Belmont just focused on catching and hitting, dude could rake. He is going to give me an, a, a, a nice fourth hitter here to go with uh, Mighty Casey, Pablo Sanchez, and, of course, John Dowd. And uh, I feel good about this team. We're, we're going places. Oh, I forgot about McConaughey. That's the fifth hitter, too. Yeah. He's batting leadoff. He's your defensive specialist. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so Scott's team, Pablo Sanchez, John Dowd, two video game characters, and then I guess Robbie Belmont is as well? Uh, he's, uh, he's from a, book, a kid's oh. book series, but they were chapter books. You know, it wasn't like a picture book. It was more, <laughs> it was like for fourth grade, fifth grade level. Yeah. I read a book about Babe Ruth. Can I put him in, in my No, because he's real. <laughs> oh. Come on. And uh, you, have, you have Mel Clark and Ben Williams from Angels in the Outfield, and your pitchers? Are Rick Vaughn, Mel, uh, Mel Clark. Oh, Mel. Mentioned. Oh, right. Mel Clark's a pitcher, yeah. and you have Mighty Casey at the bat. Very good. Yep. Very good. Chris has Mister Three Thousand, Clue Haywood, Jack Parkman, Willie Mays Hayes, and Snoopy, and is Bugs Buddy and Billy Chapel. Is that how you say it, Billy Chapel? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, and I have a pretty crappy team, I'd say, but I do have Steve <laughs> Nebraska. <laughs> who's the best player ever Roy yeah. Hobbs I have two That's pretty good too I have two Rockford Peaches Dottie Hinson and Marla Hooch yeah. I've got I mean like they're awesome I got Kelly they were Lee. really good yeah okay Ke- Kelly Lee I have a kid and I have two <laughs> females so it's hard to kind of like measure up to video game characters but because they didn't all play in the same league but that's okay um and I have uh who the hell do I have with my pitchers? Oh, I've I've Benny Rodriguez for steals. Steve Nebraska is one of my pitchers, and oh, I have Henry Rowan Gardner, of course. I I think that you're not going to score any runs off me. I have Steve Nebraska and Henry Rowan Gardner, and my pitching is the best. 
I mean, you're gonna you're gonna win strikeouts for sure. Yeah. If if this Steve Nebraska guy could throw nothing but strikes for 81 pitches and strike everybody out, then who's to say he couldn't pitch every day? That nothing seems beyond this guy's reach. And he hit the home run like he's he's uh, Shohei Otani. Well, he's what Shohei Otani wishes he could be. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> By the way, um, honorable mention for me was was Ty Cobb from the movie Cobb. He was pretty good. Fictional character. We left some really good ones. Oh, on yeah. Let me board. read this email uh, from Kyle. Hey, Helga, Phoebe, and Stinky. This one may be obscure, but uh, for kids who aren't 90s kids, but my suggestion is Mickey Kaline from Hey Arnold for the fictional player competition. He hit over 500 taters and hit one with his final at bat of his career, which uh, in which Arnold caught. So Mickey Kaline, Chris, we left him off. Mm. Yeah, Mickey Kaline, I definitely remember that. Uh, really great episode of Hey Arnold. Hey Ar- Ar- Arnold uh, catches his final home run, hits a final home run in his final trip to the plate as a major leaguer, joins Ted Williams as the only members of the 500 home run club to do that. Uh, I also want to point out Joe Hardy from the damn Yankees uh, stage play. Just had a remarkable half season after selling his soul to the devil. Uh, <laughs> hit 354, 27 homers, 81 RBI in less than half a season. Really great stuff. And then the best player, I didn't want to use this one because someone gave it to me on Twitter and it would have been cheating. But there's a novel called Rookie by Jerry B. Henkins. Uh, Jerry B. Jenkins, excuse me. And uh, let me see. Elgin Woodell is the name of this guy. Hit 998 career homers. Made it to the majors as a 14-year-old. Uh, 13 MVP awards. Hit 382 for his career. Had a uh, 67 homer, 188 RBI, 161 runs season where he hit 429. Uh, won the MVP, NLCS, and World Series. This was as a... Uh, this is as a 29-year-old <laughs> shortstop. So I just Oh, premium you know, position I, too. Yeah, I didn't want to uh I didn't want to cheat. I didn't want to uh you know really run away with this thing, but it's pretty clear my team's going to win. I put in the most work, the most research and uh yeah, you know that you pays did. off. <laughs> you I, sure did. I, I I mean arguably the most famous player from Major League maybe, at least the second most famous player from Major League. It was a good power bat. He didn't get taken here Pedro Serrano. Yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's not balls. that hard to find Homer. Yeah, he couldn't yeah. hit a curveball. Well, he, he he figured it out. He needed supernatural help. You can't count on that. Well, if we're if my like a third of my team is gone, if we're eliminating the the prospect of <laughs> Chris supernatural has Bugs help Bunny, here. but not but not Pedro Serrano. He's drawing his line at Pedro Serrano. <laughs> uh, yeah, other what else did we miss? Holden Caulfield from uh, the Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, so I'm sure there are things we don't even know we miss. There's there is a lot of work of fiction. There's a lot of fiction. Oh, what there. about the guy from Big League Chew? The guy on the I mean, gum we just package. Don't know. We don't know. Yeah. How can he uh, not be his, good? Uh... Although that was kind of uh, Henry Rowan Gardner's nemesis, right? He basically looked like that guy. Yeah, he looked exactly <laughs> like that. I, guy. I can't remember his name, but he could clearly hit the ball a long way. Like, why does every baseball villain from that? That surge of baseball movies in the early '90s. Why do they all look like Pete and Cavilia? Like it's 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 just not that <laughs> imposing of a of a athlete there. Yeah, I um the one other one I would have picked if we were drafting real baseball teams. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Henry Scrimshander 
from the art of fielding novel, but uh, one of the best defensive shortstops of all time until, you know, he um, he starts to lose his confidence after hitting a foul ball into the dugout that injures one of his teammates. Uh, before that, he hadn't made an error in his entire four-year collegiate career. So Henry Scrimshander, <laughs> excellent defensive player, not quite a uh, a fantasy option, though. Oh, Chris, this podcast has been your shining moment. You need to save this and like it's it's your resume now. Good job. Well, I thought we would get to a few rounds of ADP. We'll do that tomorrow with Ellen. Let's do um some emails to finish the show. Fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. Oh, my favorite emails. Grade my team. Uh, I'm opening the floodgates. I don't like grade my team emails, just letting everybody know. But I'll read one anyway. This one comes from Jay Hap. Oh no, that's his roster. I don't have his name. <laughs> well, this listener did uh, an NFBC draft. He faded starting pitching. It is a 12-team league. And here we go. Omar Navias and Yadier Molina. Pete Alonso, Jonathan Villar, Elvis Andrews, Anthony Rendon, Encarnacion at corner infield, Starlin Castro middle infield, Andrew McCutcheon at utility. Gets a little better. Chris Bryant, Juan Soto, there you go. Andrew Benintendi, Oscar Mercado, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Okay, decent hitting. You got Pete Alonso, you got Rendon, you got Soto, you got Bryant, you got some speed and this is with VR. Probably a fifteen team. No, it's twelve. No, he said thing. twelve. Okay, the twelve. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, pitchers are Kirby Yates, Aroldis Chapman, Roberto Ozuna, Ryan Presley, James Paxton, Sean Manaya, Mike Fultonevich, AJ Puck, and Armand Marquez. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really like this that much. I don't hate it, but uh, given that you went so hard after hitting in the first 11 rounds... Gotta be better. Yeah, that, that, be the, better the hitting that. just isn't, uh, isn't up to the standard that I would think you would need. Yeah. Like, I usually, when I'm assessing a team, I, my eyes usually go to the holes where I see holes in the roster. And, like... Starling Castro looks like a whole. There um, are reasons to think that Starling Castro might have figured things out in the second half. There, there are there yeah. are fantasy analysts who really believe in him. I'm not necessarily one of them. No, no, and like Edwin Encarnacion, Andrew McCutcheon, Elvis Andrews, they're all decidedly low end. I'm in a when you're filling out a roto lineup, I'm not going to go as far as to call them a hole, but they're like decidedly low end. Like they're not going to. Be, I mean, maybe Encarnacion can come through with a big home run total, but he's not. He's not being uh, drafted like that. So, well, uh, you're you're understanding Elvis Andrews. He is being drafted like a solid starter, right? But other than you just maybe don't, you just don't like thirty him. steals. What is he going to do for but you that, as a that, bad but, hitter? But you don't like him is where that yes, comes down. But I, I think I'm right. Yes, bad hitter. <laughs> he was like a top eight shortstop last season in a in a really deep shortstop field but this but highlights exclusively because of the steals right like right, but you, that's still you tough. have enough steals without him so why why are you using your shortstop spot but what this highlights for me is the danger of picking pete alonzo in an early round because there are so many dynamic players available in the second and third round when you're picking a guy like pete alonzo who you're really only counting on for a lot of home runs yes and then runs in rbi there are guys who can do that at a much cheaper cost when you're picking in that second and third round range. 
you want more dynamic all-around players. And, and, you know, I think there's a decent chance that P. Alonso, you know, obviously going to be a zero in stolen bases, but he might hurt you in batting average, too. So I, I think yeah. that's one of the things that this highlights for me. Just wait and take uh, Clue Hayward a few rounds later. Exactly. This is from Lyndon Suvanto. Do you guys uh, believe that Shohei Otani could win the MVP as a batter slash pitcher in the same season? And what would his numbers need to look like? Uh, he'd probably need to throw about 130, 140 innings of ace caliber ball and hit something like 285 with 25 to 30 homers. I, I think that probably gets him in the discussion because there, you know, you're probably looking at 450 plate appearances. Maybe he's a three win player as a hitter and base runner, no fielding, and then, you know, maybe a four win pitcher. Dare I say, if Shohei Otani does what he did as a rookie for a full season, he's going to win the MVP? It could. He won, uh, it he just, won Rookie of the Year, so he just got hurt that year. So, you know. Right. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to be as good. He doesn't have to be MVP caliber at either of the things he does. Yeah. I, I wouldn't think. He just has to be. Um, really, he has to be like 80th percentile, but right, like all star caliber, in yeah. both, like a like a 330 ERA and an 880 OPS. Yeah, I, I, I don't like... even know that you'd have to be that good, honestly. Well, he could do it based hitting, on his history, especially the 880 OPS. If he's like an 800 OPS with a 330 ERA, it's probably in the mix. This is from Hugor. How much do you think this shortened season will impact Wander Franco's timeline? When do you think he'll be up in the majors for good? I don't think he's going to be up for good any time in 2020, no matter when the season starts. Okay, next question. From well, Aaron. Scott, if you disagree. Well, there was a comment from the Rays GM about how, uh, I forget exactly what the comment was, but he basically left the door open for him to come up this year. Uh, I'm not betting on him. I do have him. Wander Franco stashed away in a redraft AL only Roto League, so very deep league, just in case. But that's the only league where I've even really thought about drafting Wander Franco, except, of course, for like a dynasty format. This is from Eric in Union Gap, Washington. Dear Ryan, Arenado, and Rymold. Nolans. Yeah. Who is your oldie but goodie pitcher this year? Someone with a late career breakout that could help you in a few categories. Like Bartolo Colon winning 18 games at 40, eight, at 40 years old. Jamie Moyer winning 16 games at age 45. R.A. Dickey coming out of nowhere to win 20 games at age 37. Charlie Morton winning the most games of his career at age 35. My pick is Rich Hill and Anibal Sanchez. Who do you right. like? So we're obviously not looking at like Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer here. Yeah. We're looking somebody who's going to do it uh, in a way that surprises. Um, right. I'm going to say J-Hap. Man, I thought I was the J-Hap guy. I just, yeah, I don't think he's as bad as he was last season. He had, I think, four straight years before last season with an ERA below 3-6. Mm-hmm. I think there's a chance. Uh, Okay, since you already took him. I jumped in there. I'm you, going. I'm classic going. Scott White pause allowed me to re- take it. Hap reworked his <laughs> mechanics this offseason and was lighting it up. This spring. So yep. I I think he's a genuine sleeper. And he actually wasn't getting drafted late enough to qualify for my deep sleepers. So I'm going to go with 
one guy who we haven't talked about yet as benefiting from the delayed start to the season, and that's Cole Hamels, who was on a roll last year before. I think it was his oblique he hurt and came back and clearly wasn't the same. Had to, I think he had to alter his mechanics a little. Uh, and that skewed his season-long numbers. But he was he was must-start for that first half or so with the Cubs. And I think he could get back to being that with the Braves. Thank you, guys. Good show. Fun Thank show you. with real baseball and fake baseball. And great music at the same time. All right, we're uh, going to close up shop. We're going to have Ellen Adair on tomorrow. Until then, for Scott and Chris, I'm Adam. Have a good one.